Part 2 becomes a happy hunting ground for the Honda, coinciding with Cook claiming his third win of the season, and a consistent Camish cruises to victory to close the gap on Colin. All the seas. Talking of seas, nice to see you, Sam. Nice to see you too. Um, a slightly more exciting round at Thruxton this time round. Very much so, yes, it delivered this time. Should we dive right in then into the qualifying report? I think that's probably best. Qualifying report. Well, in another tight qualifying session, top three covered by less than a tenth of a second. It was very difficult to call who was going to be top uh, in three practice, one and two. It was very, very close. Uh, in the first three practice, Camish was comfortably half a second quicker than anybody else. Uh, but that sort of bunched up a little bit through FP2 and then qualifying was very, very uh, exciting. Yeah, the the Astras looked quick, surprisingly quick as well. Yeah, they took me by surprise this weekend. I wasn't expecting them to be particularly strong here. Um, but yeah, the great race pace and qualifying pace. Yeah, both of them inside the top 10. Obviously, Plato sticking it on the front row alongside the pole sitter, Tordoff. Yep. Um, second pole this year at Thruxton for yep. him. Obviously, at Last time out, he suffered electrical difficulties he and did. wasn't able to convert. Um, but probably the best qualifying for me was Morgan. Yeah, out of absolutely nowhere. I, I, I don't know where he's found the pace. He said that he had uh, an engineering change in the backroom staff sort of thing. Right. Um, and whether a new new view on how the car's set up, how they go through processes, it, it seems to have worked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and his luck might be ch- turning. I hope so, because we saw throughout the weekend, which we'll obviously come to, that he is still a great driver. He's had mm-hmm. a, a run of poor luck. Um, but yeah, great qualifying result for him. Uh, strong qualifying, as you'd expect, from Cook, who has struggled actually in the last few meetings. That's good, solid qualification for him. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to hope that he's gone through his tough spell of the season. I think most drivers have one. Um, he's also not used to driving a weight on the car in the same way no. he is at the moment. Um, so, And especially in that car, he's had to get used to carrying the weight. It's been a complainant of both him and the Dynamics boys about how the car carries its weight. So it's, it's a learning curve all the while, all the while. Yeah, talking of carrying weight, um, Turkington and Jordan down just outside the top ten in qualifying, yeah. um, which we know the BMWs have effectively been sort of like pegged back with the other team, other teams around them getting more boost. Um, but yeah, they seem to struggle with the weight this weekend. Those two especially. Yeah, but Harvey made a good point in commentary. I know. Um, Careful. I know. Um, you know, this is where you'd expect the BMWs to be at Thruxton. You know, at mm. that shaped BMW here, it's a circuit that suits the slippery hatchback uh, primarily, and suits front-wheel drive cars primarily. And mm-hmm. I think the BMWs were where you'd expect them to be. Yeah, Oliphant was the leading BMW in qualifying, uh, putting it in seventh, which yeah, is respectable. respectable for him. Respectable. Um, one person that did disappoint me in qualifying, though, was Matt Neal. Um, down the grid, down in 17th. I don't know whether he ran into any troubles, but uh, a Hon- there are five Hondas in the top ten in qualifying. Yeah. You'd expect him to be another one up there. Although there is always a massive slice of luck in qualifying now to how clear a road you get. Um, you know, it's a 30 car grid, it's a two and a half mile uh, circuit. You've got to get a really clean run and you've got to be yeah. lucky to a degree. Yeah, especially with Thruxton, the momentum 
gained you so many tenths yeah. in a lap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the top twenty covered by just over seven tenths. Yeah, which is, which is crazy. awesome. Crazy. Um, apart from that, no other real notable issues in qualifying. No, not particularly. No particular driver out of position. No. Um, Moffitt still still learning. Yeah, it's fair in the still, still learning. Um, I'd argue Chilton's a bit out of position, all the way down in sixteenth. Um, we've picked on Neil for being in seventeenth. I'd suggest that Chilton should should have perhaps been higher on paper. Uh, again, outqualified by Ollie Jackson, although only just. But again, just a bit of a poor showing from Tom Chilton in qualifying and just throughout the weekend. Yeah. Race one. Well, no better place to start than race one. Um, issues before the race even started. Mr. Plato. Um, yeah. Can't seem to park. No. No. Essentially. This is his second time this year that he's done it. Yeah. And yeah. Is he going to have a better chance for a win? We keep saying this, which means yep. he will get a win. I fancy him to get a win at Knock Hill, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he likes Knock Hill. I fancy him to get a win there. Or Brands. I fancy, I fancy there will be a win before the end of the season. However... For such a seasoned pro like Plato, to have made the same mistake again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in fairness to him, yeah, after the race, he held Santa's up and said, "Yeah, look, can't blame anyone. It's the rules." Mm. He he tried to say it was hard to see the sticker, and in his defence, I would say that in this modern world of technology, is there not a better way of telling the driver <laughs> that, that you know, rather than a bit of tape on a wall? Well, because you're on the yeah. outside. Yeah. That's going to be very difficult to see. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're not allowed to reverse once they're on the grid. Nope. Um, which I think is a bit silly if we're going to have them not allowed to be over there. I think you should then allow for reversal on the grid. Yeah. Um, but it's difficult because then if the last car is reversing when the lights go out, they're technically already in gear and it gets it gets complicated. Yeah. But I would say that there's got to be some better way, I think, of, of guiding them in rather yeah, than... Yeah, even, even they have radio communication with their engineer. Surely yeah. you stick the engineer on the wall and you say, a little bit more, a little bit more, stop. Yeah. Although I don't know how much of a radio delay there is. Yeah, that's also true. Um, and then these are some really weird situations. You see cars abandoned about you know, ten yards <laughs> half, away, half from, a yard to yeah, a yard behind the uh, grid box. The yeah, absolutely abandoned. That that's to me more dangerous because you're bunching the grid closer together. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have if a car doesn't start for whatever reason. Mm. Um, I remember years ago, Plato got smashed into the wall at Brands Hatch in the yeah. say at Toledo. Yeah, I mean, it's happened to Snetterton a couple of times. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, when Jack Hill mounted the, uh, the cameraman <laughs> in the car. Because <laughs> the grids, some grids are really tight. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have those sort of issues. Uh, but off off the start, yep. Butcher was poor. Um, yes, he was. From fifth. The top four all got fairly clean starts, fairly even starts as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, Plato from second slotted in behind Torloff and then found out at the end of lap one that he would have the drive-through penalty uh, and took that at the end of lap two which sent him to the back and yeah he was keeping pace with Tord off until that point and you know who knows what would happen as the race developed um, but yeah he's only got himself to blame for that and it's just a shame for, for him and his, his fans that what should have been quite a good weekend points mm. wise and uh, potentially win wise turned into a recovery one yeah 
Uh, he wasn't the only one to get penalised off the start. Jack Goff was always also over his grid slot. Yeah. Um, well, in a boat like that, I'm not as surprised. But When's it going to happen for him this season? I'm starting to think it won't. <sighs> yeah, I'm starting to think it won't as well. Um, and I think he might be better off looking for another team next season and in a car that's more competitive because we know what he can do. Problem is, though, this, where, what team mm. do you... I mean, you know... Yep. Who's going to get rid of drivers? BMW aren't going to get rid of Oliphants. I shouldn't have thought he's done a good enough job for me. It'll be interesting to see if WSR take on another driver, depending on how much sponsorship they bring, mm. with the possibility of Jordan going elsewhere. I don't think Goff brings anywhere near the mountain as no. Jordan does. Not, not even close. So, no, I can't see that happening. Um, the only place I can see Goff going potentially is Robottom's Mercedes. Yeah. He's not had a particularly strong year. No. Or Hamilton's. Motorbase. Motorbase. There, there are some options out there for him, and I think he deserves a better drive than he's got at the moment. No offence to um, Team Hard. They do amazing things throughout the formulas. Ooh. Sorry, I thought somewhere else he can go. Go on. I think we can probably make an early bet um, that Blundell won't be in the series next year. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he'll realise how competitive the sport is and that maybe he isn't quite at that level that he thought he was but that car as we've seen in the hands of Jake Hill is quick I'll be interested to see Goff in that car yeah that could could be an interesting combination those two but again Blundell has bought a hell of a lot of sponsors I mean he's bought people like Hewlett Packard on board which is quite an impressive feat so yeah which we'll see. Anyway, back to the actual race rather than just ramblings <laughs> about the future. Well, there was a battle pack in the midfield. Yeah. Uh, we had Jordan, Ingram, Sutton, Turkinson and Matt Neal all battling at the bottom end of the top ten. Yeah. And some of the driving between those five was exemplary. Yeah, they drove very hard, very fair. Yeah. Um, swap places often. But without getting into any real skirmishes, which no. for the drivers involved, uh, <laughs> the names run out there. There's a couple of, well, all of them are quite feisty. Yep. Um, but yeah, they, they showed a lot of respect and um, did very well. Um, two drivers that didn't do quite as well, Mark Blundell and Bordley got together coming out of the complex. Not for the first time this year. Uh, no, and Bordley had quite a second-hand looking car by the end of the weekend. Again, he's not impressed me at all this season. No. I mean, we're, almost at, well, we're three quarters of the way through now, he really hasn't impressed at any point. No. Uh, Collard had a decent start yep. for PMR, moved up four places. Uh, he's had a consistent weekend. Yeah, right. he's had a consistent season, to be honest. Yeah, um, he just he just needs that final step, I think. Yeah. Um, moving on to Motorbase, Chilton. Now, he had a poor one last time out, and it didn't start well this time either. Uh, pulled in after the formation lap with a turbo pipe that had come off and consequently started from the pit lane yeah. and made zero progress. Yeah, and that ruined his weekend. Um, yeah. It's not really his fault, but, I mean, he was a couple of weekends ago in the championship hunt. He's now well and truly out of it and just not looking at all impressive at the moment. No, he isn't. Um, midway through the race, there was a bit more action. Uh, yeah. Smiley and Butcher battling just inside the top ten, coming into the final chicane. My word, did they go deep on the brakes. Very much so, yeah. But in the end, they, they were quite sensible in the end mm. and gave each other a space to take a vert of action. Yeah, I, I think them both sliding into each other actually kept them pointing the right direction. I think you're right. Because uh, Smiley was completely sideways. Um, Butcher did take out one of the polystyrene bales going across the chicane, but to 
no further damage. Um, and they both carried on. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, person of note in this race, Bobby Thompson. Yes, yes. Uh, unfortunately, suffering with sort of like a food poisoning virus this weekend. Um, he looked rough. Went down to sort of like the last possible moment to know whether he was actually going to compete. Um, stuck it on 14th for qualifying. Yeah. Fifteenth uh, for qualifying and finished in fourteenth. Yeah, uh, he's been he's been the standout, impressive driver at uh, Team Hard this season, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and it's another good result for him um, this weekend and in this race. Um, as you say, battling through food poisoning at times. I saw pictures on Instagram, and yeah, he looked particularly rough. Yeah, but fair play to him, and he's always been racing as well. That's the thing that mm. he's not just putting up there; he's actually racing while he's up there as well. Yeah. Uh, in a way that the other three hard cars aren't. Um, so yeah, I hope to see him back in the sport next year. I really do. Yeah, I think the fact that he brings his own sponsorship with his own company, he's able to build himself a platform. Yeah, and having those the team hard guys behind him, I think that's a good platform to build from. Yeah. Um, probably for me the best uh, best driver in race one was Matt Neal yeah um, considering his lowly qualifying position down in 17th he fought through and finished 8th in the end yeah um, that. fighting past obviously as we said Jordan Ingram Sutton Turks not easy drivers to pass no not at all, not um, at all. but my god does the Honda look good on the brakes I'd also say we we bashed him at the start, but let's give credit where it's due. Player finished that in seventeenth in the end. Oh yeah. Was considering that he was pretty much plumb last when he came out the pit lane. Yeah. He's done well because Farquhar's not an easy place to get past people. It's no. not exactly a uh, overtaking circuit, so. Especially in a car that he says is down in power on the straights. And yeah, that's player moaning. <laughs> down in power on the straight. I mean, did you no? Down in power on the straight is a Subaru. I'll accept when somebody yeah. tells me that's down in power on the straight. That that's just quick. Yep. Um, so rounding up the race results for race one, uh, Tordoff off ran out fairly easy winner in the end. Another flags, uh, lines of flags victory. Uh, yep. They're becoming quite common in race one this season. Yeah, fastest lap as well by a tenth of a second. Yeah, held his own. He, go, he does very well. And there's no weight on the car. Yes, he does. Uh, Camish came in second, and Morgan's best finish of the season in yeah. third. Happy for him. Happy for him to be back on the podium. I mean, we've not really spoken about him, but Camish had a strong race, kept pace, had talked oh, yeah. well. Was never really under threat from Morgan. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's sticking that Honda in all kinds of places at the moment. Well, another Honda finished in fourth in the form of Josh Cook. Yeah. Uh, consistent race for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Uneventful and exactly what he wanted. Yeah. Um, nice and clean. Nice and simple. Set him up nicely for the weekend. Yep. Bagged him a lot of points. Yep. Um, Tom Oliphant was finished fifth, first of the rear wheel drive. Um, he was saying on the grid for race two that they were suffering through church uh, because they're rear rear wheel drive. The they suffer with the sliding. Yeah. And, and to try try and keep the tyres together, they they have to lose a little bit of their speed. Hey, that's a respectable finish for him though. Fifth, that's not a bad finish at all. Uh, finishing off the top ten, we've got Rob Collard sixth, followed by Rory Butcher, Matt Neal, Ash Sutton and Chris Smiley. And they're rounding up the points. Tom Ingram from Andrew Jordan, from Colin Turkton, from Bobby Thompson and Ollie Jackson continuing to score points. Gets yeah. one there in fifteenth uh, again, outscoring his teammate. Yep, well done to him. Race two. 
Race two is an affair where weight told, uh, particularly in the case of Sam Tordoff, who later on would become a rolling roadblock. But that's not before Kamish decided to become a reversing roadblock off the start line, where he basically, by all accounts, forgot to start the car. Yeah, um, plenty of wheel spin, and then dipped the clutch and tried again. Uh, dropped him four positions off the start. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether he struggles on the outside of the grid, or whether it was just wrong bite point. I think it's part of his psyche of being so bloody hard on himself the whole mm. time that he's got into his head he's got to get his absolutely right and he's overthinking the start personally because he did the same in race three. Yeah, he did. After being on, the, <laughs> we'll get to, but after on the warm up lap, so no, no, I did wrong last time. I know what we've yeah. got to do and did exactly the same in race three. So I think it's in his head personally rather than the car issue. Yeah, it, it was a shame, but he he was fairly consistent from there. Yeah, I mean he's a quick guy. He's a hard racer. He's an experienced racer. Um, mm. He did well to to finish off in fifth and kept himself in the uh, hunt for a reverse grid. Yep, certainly did. Um, Sutton, it was noticeable in this race how oh, slow so that slow. Subaru is on straight. So slow. Um, it's like a barge, isn't it? Come and no on. matter how late you break into a corner, y- oh. you're going to struggle to make up that time. It's like a barge ambling down the north of Broads. It's just... <laughs> I can't, cars are literally driving past him yeah. like, like it's a dual carriageway and he's on the inside lane. It's it's quite sad uh, in, in a way, for, in terms of racing. Um, and it's no surprise that Proctor has done so poorly this season as well in, in that car. Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of contact on the first lap running into the final chicane between him and Turkington and yeah. uh, Ingram was able to slide past so. Turkington, which was a decent manoeuvre. Yeah, well, well timed. Um, and then the pressure just gradually built on Tordoff, didn't it? It did. Yeah, he was he was a rolling roadblock. He was slow. He's got full weight on. He's optically good at driving with weight. Um, he's the first to admit that. When I remember I spoke to him at Snetterton, I said, "Oh, we're going to get a win in race two. He said, "Not the weight in the car. We won't." Or mm. words to that effect. So, yeah, he's not good at weight. The car's not good at weight. And he just it, it made, led to great racing. So he was absolutely bottlenecking the cars behind. Yeah, he was. So Cook and Morgan got through, got through past him fairly easily. Yeah. Um, had a little slide coming out of Church, and then they go three wide down to the chicane, and it was almost like he hit reverse. Yeah. Um, just and the the braking in that Honda from Cook, it's just awesome. It's so good on the brakes that Honda, particularly that new Honda. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably... Oh, I reckon it's probably the best brakes on the grid. Closely followed by the yeah. Astra, I have to say. Uh, yeah. which, which is amazing, really, because that's all down to the chassis, because yeah. the brakes are standard. To- toker standard, supplied to everyone, yeah. and it's just how you set the suspension up and how you set the car up. I couldn't believe how quick Adam Walker was in this race with that weight on, though. Mm. I couldn't believe it, because we've seen that car struggle all year long. Yep. Admittedly, not always his fault, but... Yeah, that, that car was mega, and he finished a full eight seconds up the road from... Uh, sorry, not eight seconds, about seven seconds up the road from uh, Matt Neal. Matt Neal, yeah. Um, so, obviously, the top two got past and got away. Yeah, just left. Um, they exit stage left, and Tordoff was there holding up basically half the field. Yeah. Um, which he did really well until about lap 11, when I think the pressure told, tyres went off, and he just got shuffled out of the way, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think also he probably gave up at that point, whereas... <laughs> We no longer on for a podium, just accept the slide. And also, from a cynical point of view, if he's 10th, he's got a good chance of being weightless or yep. practically weightless and on the front row of the grid or 
Well, one thing of note in that race, though, is how much he was struggling to cool the car. Yeah. Um, so it was it was found after race two that they actually changed the engine, which is an awesome um, move from the team in, what, a couple of hours between race two and race three? Yeah, it wasn't a long gap. Um, but yeah, he slid down from third to 11th and then finished in 10th. Uh, meanwhile, Sutton had a hairy moment he on the did. grass. Yes, on the grass. <laughs> well, hey, well, you say hairy moment. Sutton will put uh, the uh, pedal to the metal. No one, no matter where he's on the circuit, grass, gravel, yep, rockery, uh, <laughs> side of a mountain. You know, yeah, crazy driver. He, he was very lucky not to spin out. Yeah, he was um, actually. In all seriousness, had a huge lockup, which probably didn't help his tyres for the rest of the race. No, I mean, he did very well to get another points finish here with that car because it's so out of his depth here at Thruxton. Mm. It just shows what a good driver Ash is. Um, yeah, because that car is woefully out of his depth. Um, Plato moved through the field in the first race, didn't make quite as good progress in this one, had a couple of incidents, one with uh, a robust move on Jackson yeah. into the complex where the cars just seemed to get locked together. Um, which I think it was an optimistic move from Jason. I think it was a case of the door is closed and here is a crowbar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then again, he found the side of Smiley's car in the complex. Yeah, he's coming together with Smiley quite a lot. He actually got penalised for that later on. Um, Did he? Yeah, he got penalised for that later on. Yeah, it's, um, it's the Jason that we expect from, what, five years ago? This is the Jason that grew up in the super uh, touring car era yep. where... Contact was allowed. Yeah, permissible. His thing is, he grew up in that era. He won in that era. He's used to racing that style, and he he still wants to race that way now. And yep. sometimes it makes for great watching. Other times you think, "What are you doing, you lemon?" But <laughs> hey, it, it's nice to see him actually racing again, rather than being in the Subaru, just being driven oh, past yeah. everybody. Uh, I remember last year at Snetterton when Ollie Jackson literally just drove around the outside of him mm. at the end of the Bentley straight. I looked at it and thought, why are you even bothering turning up anymore? Yep. Um, so it's good to see him back racing, albeit the robust Jason that some know and love and others know and loathe is back. <laughs> well, the, another driver who loathes it, part two, um, Plato Sutton into the complex. Yes. They both got their elbows out and I think it was a fair move from both of them. Yeah, they raced hard, they raced cleanly. Yeah, for the most part, <laughs> as they can. Well, they didn't spin each other around this time, um, which was surprising. Uh, mm. makes, you know, those two have got history, um, but no, in the end, they they drove fairly fairly cleanly between them. Um, and then on the final lap, I didn't think Matt Neal was going to do it in the end. No, and the brakes compared oh. to the BMW, it's wow, stunning! It's a stunning move by Matt. Um, last gas coming into the final chicane on the outside of Oliphant. Yeah. And I still don't know how he got it pulled up. No, I've got no idea because Oliphant seemed to break a full what? Couple of car lengths. Yeah, car lengths. Probably about three car lengths before yeah. Neil did. And I don't, yeah, like you said, I don't know how he didn't lock him up. How no. he did? Yeah, it's it's a stunning move by Matt, um, and, and it's a very well deserved podium for him. Yeah, certainly. Um, and yeah, Josh Cook ran out winner, fastest lap as well. Yeah. Pretty simple victory. Him and Morgan were in different different class considering Tordoff held up the rest of them yeah. uh, as we said Matt Neal finished third Tom Oliphant in fourth Camish survived uh, he, survived to fifth he survived it he yeah, he made amends to a degree for his start his solid points 
when you look at okay Andrew Jordan's only two places down but he's you know he's ahead of Turks he's ahead of Jordan yep. he's not terribly behind Cook you know, it's solid, solid points Yep, as you said, Jordan finished seventh, uh, Tom Ingram in eighth. Turkington finished inside the top ten this time round, had a fairly uneventful race, a couple yep. of battles, um, and toured off in tenth. Which led Ashley Sutton in eleventh. Tom Chilton did make up some points down in twelfth. Uh, Jason Plato, Rory Butcher, and a battling Jake Hill round out the top 15. Yeah, I believe Rory Butcher was down there, possibly due to his issues, which we then found out about in uh, race three. Yes. Or just before. Race three. Lucky number six for uh, Rob Collar. Saw him go on pole from the reverse grid, which turned out to be a fantastic piece of driving from Dan Camish to uh, finish fifth to make himself on the front row. Again. Clever. <laughs> yes. Clever. Totally um, like planned, yeah. yeah. Um, but before the start of race three, uh, Butcher, as we just said, he had some issues towards the end of race two, and I think that's what led to the race three clutch failure. One wonders if they spent too long looking at Tordoff's car. Yeah. And Butcher's, if they had to change yep. the entire engine, I imagine that would required probably some of Butcher's mechanics in what is a oh, most, relatively small most team. Definitely. Um, therefore. One wonders, one wonders. Uh, so yeah, he pulled off on just before the start of the formation lap, or just before the end of the formation lap, should I say? Yeah. Uh, and that consequently delayed the start, which had a lap taken off, yep. which was fairly pivotal by the end of the race. It was, it was. Um, but to the race start, Camish another tardy start, as we said. Yeah, which makes which is reinforced by a point from last race. Whereas I don't think it's a car issue. This is his head mm. issue for me. Um, um, Oliphant was fairly quick off the line though as we would expect. expect in the rear wheel drive BMW, the rear wheel drive yeah, yeah. Um, pulled in behind Collard who solid start um, yeah led well yeah did well um, he raced well all weekend Collard um, I'm jumping ahead a bit but I do think he'd have won this race had he not dipped into the uh, into the gravel coming out of church mm. um, particularly with the rain coming down a couple of laps later I reckon he'd have held had enough to keep coming behind yeah, I mean, at the start though, typical race three, four or five wide into the complex. Yes. A couple of drivers pushed out wide, including uh, Tordoff. Um, but yeah, everyone sort of like shuffled themselves out, got got their heads down. Um, and until the rain started falling, it was fairly uneventful. Yeah, relative processional uh, up until that point, wasn't it? As you say, the rain came down, it started about lap three where it started to spit. Yep. And that's when it became a little bit more interesting. Um, there were a couple of couple of battles with uh, Sutton and Ingram, and then Ingram and Cook um, in consecutive laps. Yeah, banging doors, going into the final chicane, both cutting across, nothing doing really. They both held position. Yeah, um, and it's it's what you're going to get in race three when they bang doors. I say Ingram was a little bit more uh, aggressive this weekend. I thought he was involved mm. in quite a few door banging incidences. Um, perhaps he's. Learning to become a little bit more tougher. Uh, he's a yeah. relatively clean driver, yeah. um, which is why he's quite likable. Uh, but I wonder if he's just trying to get a little bit of steel. Uh, perhaps he's now got obviously got the back in the toe so that he doesn't feel he has to get the car home yeah. in a, one piece without worrying about the cost implications so much. Obviously, yeah. it'll still be there. Um, but he does seem to be getting his elbows out a bit more, and it, it's good. It's exciting. It's it's good to see. Um, we always want to see 
the, the top drivers in the sport competing, getting yeah. their elbows out when the, when they need to. It makes for exciting racing for the for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and being a fan favourite, that that could endear you to him more, or um, some some people it will make him the villain. Yeah, but I think there's something wrong with racing hard and getting your elbows out. And if Ingram's going to start getting a little bit more steely, good. Yeah. Uh, talking of Steely, Kamish got past Oliphant fairly easily yeah. and then was gradually hunting down Collard. Uh, um, yeah, you say fairly easy. It was a nice move by Kamish on Oliphant. Yeah. Dummied well and you yeah. know, got the car locked up perfectly. You know. um, lap 8, lap 9, same move. Looking looking into the uh, final chicane at Collard. Um, and then lap 10, as you said... That wobble coming through church yeah. just lost him all the momentum. But I haven't rewatched it. The the rain really comes down in two laps after that. Yeah. I think I don't think Camus gets through before the rain. Okay. I think Colin had held him back really well throughout the race. Yeah, it was good defensive drive. Yeah, you're not going to try and go too deep anywhere of Colin because he will put you off. He's a hard dri- yeah. he's a hard driver. I don't think Camus really. He had a great run uh, coming out of the chicane on the lap that Colin made the mistake mm. where he he may have got past in turn one. But Throx is not an overtaking circuit. Carriage wasn't quick enough to just drive past him on the straight. No. So, but Collard gets a big wobble on. Does very well not to send it into a spin actually because it gets <laughs> yeah. very very twitchy. That's a so quick twitchy corner. at the rear. That's a very quick corner. Does well to keep it. Dips into the grass and that's enough for uh, a momentum not for Carriage to get past. Yep. Um, and from there on, Camish and Collard managed the race really. Yeah. Um, and the rain came down two laps from the end. And did it come down? Yeah, massively so. Come coming into the complex, it was like stair rods. Yeah, and it sent Oliphant back because he didn't seem to be able to keep the car. Which is not unusual. BMW has always struggled in the rain. Yes. Um, even going back to the one series of the three series, the RAC three series, yep. they've always struggled in the rain. Um, but this meant that Matt Neal, Adam Morgan, and Jason Plato were able to move ever further forward. Yeah, I, Jason had a solid race this one. Yep. Um, Obviously, we knew he was quick from practice and the previous two races, um, and in the rain, he was he was able to use his experience. But what a performance by Adam Morgan, though! There, oh, fourth, awesome. So with weight on the car as well. Yeah. On slicks in the car, that I mean, Morgan's never. You know, when you say who's the best wet racer out there, you don't immediately go it's Adam Morgan. You're going no. Sutton, Jordan, yep. Ingram. You don't immediately think of to Adam Morgan. He, yeah, epic. Yeah, he was. It made for a really exciting race three um, to see the drivers on those slick tyres. Yes, the time's dropped off by a couple of seconds a lap at the end, yep. but it's what you'd expect. And I think if it had gone possibly one lap longer, they would have had to have looked at stopping it. I think so too. Um, and also just to point out, some of Matt Neal's overtaking to get up to third was oh, yeah. sublime. He was he was on it this weekend. He yeah. was really on it. It's classic Matt Neal with his moves as well. Nice late braking and elbows out. Do you reckon he heard me say he's probably passed it in that sense? <laughs> but no, he was excellent this weekend. From, yeah, fair play to him. And great for Cameron to get his first win of the year. Yes. Um, obviously, won two rounds at the end of last year at Brands. Um, and numerous podiums. I think he's had eight podiums before his win. Um, and he has been Mr. Consistent. I'll tell you what, he's hitting form at just the right time as well, isn't he? This yeah. is going to be a really interesting end to the season, particularly if... Those BMWs are going to struggle. Uh, I think they'll struggle at the Brands yep. at the long because it's the long circuit. I don't think they'll struggle at uh, Knock Hill. Mm. I think they'll be 
mediocre at Silverstone. So yeah. I think it's going to be a really interesting end to the season here. Because Camish, I expect the Honda to be quick at Silverstone. Mm. I expect him to be quicker. He likes brands. He does well at brands. But I expect him to struggle a bit and not kill. So it's going to be a very interesting end to the season, this. Yeah, well, race three finished in the order of Camish from Collard from Neil. Obviously, we said Morgan was in fourth, followed by Plato in fifth. Josh Cook, sixth, consistent with weight on the car. Yeah, good points. Um, Oliphant, as we said, dropped back to seventh. Ingram, Sutton, Jordan, they've just been right in that top ten, into the top ten bracket all day, basically. Um, yeah, then we had uh, Tordoff and Hill, followed by Turkson in 13th. Robottom scoring points in 14th. And Ollie Jackson rounding out the top ten, the top 15, rather, with a point again, outscoring Tom Chilton, who was again absolutely nowhere in this race. 22nd. Yeah, he's, he's had a poor weekend. Yeah, very much so. So that pretty much sums up the three races. Uh, worth just quickly mentioning that there were some excellent support races on today. Uh, the fantastic. Clios were fantastic and the Ginetta Juniors were sublime. Um, yeah. yeah, the Clios ended quite feistily, which mm. if you've not seen it, I implore you to go and watch Max Coates get very, very cross. Um, <laughs> very I, cross, but right at the limit. I don't think he overstepped his anger, possibly as Sutton did at Snapton. No, I think that's fairly, fairly, uh, yeah, fair. Um, okay, so awards for the weekend. Who was your drive for the weekend? I think it's going to be fairly unanimous, but for the sake of argument. Uh, Morgan and Camish. Morgan, quite simply, because that's the best we've seen him drive all season, and his luck hopefully has turned a corner. And Camish, his first win of the season, and wholly consistent. I agree, but for the sake of variety, I'm going to say it's Camish and Morgan. Okay, lovely. Uh, your, well, surprise of the weekend, it sort of ties into my driver. Uh, Adam Morgan was surprised this week. I didn't see that coming. I don't think anyone no. saw that coming. Um, he did very well. Uh, yeah, a second, a third, and a fourth. Yeah, That's, that's fantastic. It's, it's awesome um, for a car that has hardly scored many points this season. And we've been questioning, is it done? Yeah. Is that, we were saying, is that car done? It's too old. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Um, my drive slash surprise of the day was Neil in race one. Okay. I thought he fought through the field uh, really well, as did Plato in race three. Yeah. Um, two veterans of the sport showing their experience, being able to work their way through the field um, from difficult positions. Who would your team of the weekend be? Uh, I think that's fairly unanimous. Uh, Halford, you ask a racing for me. Yeah, I, I've got to agree. It, it was. It was also a weekend of what if for PMR because yes. it could have been so much better. I mean, they yes. en- ended up to coming away with some decent points, a podium, another podium. They're getting the you know, a fair amount of podiums at the moment as well. Yeah, they're looking fairly consistent as a team, but I think this is the best weekend that Halfords have had. Oh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, yeah, PMR, what could have been, but on the actual day, yeah, your ass were fantastic this weekend. Yeah. And your villain of the day? My villain of the day is slightly controversial. Um, it's it's his bad weekend, I think. Uh, his bad weekend of the season, and that is Turkington. A, he struggled in qualifying, yep. as did Jordan, with the weight on the car. We know Thruxton isn't wholly suited to the BMW, um, despite the the power that they have. Um, and he just he didn't seem to make much progress. No, I And don't... Ev- even in the battles that he had with Jordan, Sutton, Neil, Ingram, he wasn't coming out on top it was quite quiet wasn't it just not really yeah. get yeah quite quiet not very aggressive I fancy him to struggle a bit and not kill because that's a circuit which traditionally suits 
the hatchback cars, mm. with the exception of uh, the Subarus, which also tend to go quite well up Knock Hill. I'm a little bit concerned for the saloon BMW, and if it rains there as well, oh. which it's going to, it's Knock Hill, it rains S- every Sutton's year. going to love it. But I think they're going to really, really struggle. Yep. Who was your villain? Um, one of two, Plato, because you know he keeps getting these chances and he keeps chucking them away. If that's by mm. poor driving or messing up the star or there's always something that just holds him back from getting that win and we keep saying it will he ever get a better chance mm. I do think the win's coming as I say but you, you can't put the car second on the grid and then make such a mediocre mistake that when you're that experienced yep. uh, part of the possibility Chilton back to back poor weekends he really has come off the boil since the summer break was over yeah I mean finishing what 13th in race 2 is the only points he got this weekend yeah. and we said last time out that his title challenge was over and it definitely is now yeah I mean I appreciate that not all of it was his fault having race 2 I expect him to do better with no way on the car mm. going through the pack I expect him to, to, to do better particularly as Ollie Jackson okay he wasn't running at the front he wasn't particularly quick but he was consistent he was all consistent. weekend yeah. um, and he was in and amongst and you wonder he may have done better in race 2 had he not uh, got into that tangle with Plato yeah um, who knows well moving on to the championship standings now it's getting close Yes, it is. Exciting, I like this. The the fact that both Jordan and Turkington have had fairly mediocre average weekends where they've, yeah, they've scored some points, but Camish and Cook, both taken race wins, Yeah. both had really strong weekends, yeah. um, and that has really closed the championship up. Colin Turkington still leads the way on 249 points uh, from Andrew Jordan on 219, but then there's only... Eight points between Camish, Cook, and Jordan. Yeah, which uh, and it's those four now. Butcher in yeah. one one eight eight is too far adrift for me. How Sutton is there in sixth? I don't know of that car. That is a pretty impressive. I I expect him to overtake Butcher by the end of the season. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, and probably Matt Neal because he looks like he, he looks could, rejuvenated. Yeah, he could finish the season quite strongly. Um, Tom Ingram sits in 8th with 165 points uh, toured off in ninth, obviously moving up the standings with that uh, win in race 1 yep. uh, and then Plato finishes top 10 with 143 look at that, Chilton's now out in the top 10 Yeah, it's crazy isn't it Yeah, considering Oliphant hasn't, Oliphant's gradually got better throughout the season and he's now got more points yeah yeah um, yeah one thing I was surprised at when I was looking at that earlier on was that Chris Miles is a 17, but I expect him to be higher. Yeah, the, it, he had a strong start to the season, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, Along with Cook. Quite a weak middle ground, I suppose. Yeah. Um, um, still true, two drivers that haven't scored points yet. I'm still confident that we'll have everyone score a point. I think we will as well. I think they'll, they'll score points. I think Hamilton will score a point at Silverstone. And I expect Rob Swift will get one at Brands in some weird... Yeah. In fact, the way it works, Rob Swift will win the final race of Brands. It'll complete <laughs> random, you know. If he does, you'll buy me a pint. No, if he does, you'll buy me a pint. If he uh. doesn't, I mean, I've made the bet. <laughs> Right, moving on to the manufacturers and constructor standings. Uh, BMW leading the way, only 27 points ahead of Honda yep. now. And again, that's that's the top two. Yeah. Uh, Vauxhall, Subaru, Toyota, too far back. Um, I, I fancy Vauxhall to stay there. I I, mean, I, I fancy to, to end the way it is now, to be honest. Yeah, so do I. 
Moving on to the teams, Halford Jurassic Racing uh, now lead the way after a very, very strong weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, 378 from 367 at BMW. Again, the gap's quite large now. Cobra Sport, etc., etc. 325 uh, from BTC Racing on 284. So there's a little bit of a gap opening up for third to fourth uh, down to fifth. But yeah, it's going to be close to the top now between Halford and BMW. Yeah, it's interesting to see this strong weekend that they've had that they've actually been able to overtake them. Um, and I think that's that's going to be closer than we expected at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah. Neil's now getting consistently good results. Yep. He goes well at all three of the tracks that are left. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll see Neil take a race with him for the end of the year as well. It's yeah, I would expect so too. Silverstone. Not kill. Okay. Not kill race two. I'm going for. Crack is very, very, very specific. I'll go to Silverstone Race through reverse grid, but oh, okay. Um, moving on to the independent drivers now, and Josh Cook tops that standing from Rory Butcher. Yeah, again, um, quite close. Again, close as you say, eleven points in it. Tored off now in third, thirty odd points behind Butcher, and Chilton in fourth, another forty behind that. Yeah. Um, and Jake Hill and Morgan's closed up a hell of a lot because of the strong weekend that he's had and he's now only two points behind Jake Hill in sixth. Moving on to the uh, independent teams uh, BTC Racing lead the way by two Ooh. points over Cobra Ooh. Sport etc etc uh, who are around about 50 clear of uh, Team Shredded Wheat Yep um, that's going to be interesting towards the end of the season as well Yeah absolutely uh, Obviously both so running close. both running Hondas different generations Yep uh, and Thruxton was a great example of how well both of them can run. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it will be interesting to see how that ends. And in the Jack Sears Trophy, this is for people that have never had a podium coming into the uh, year. Butcher still leads the way, though Oliphant's made a little bit of a uh, ground on him. Yeah, Butcher had a had a poor weekend this weekend. Yeah, he did. Reliability he did. issues didn't help. Um, an elephant was, was solid for them and was probably BMW's best driver this weekend. Oh, comfortably. Comfortably. Um, Bob Thompson there in third and Rowbottom in fourth, followed by Rob Smith in fifth. Well, that pretty much sums up where we are in all the championship bits and pieces. Shall we move on to any other business? Yes, we shall. As mine is basically predictor. BTCC and an off-the-cuff question to you. I will uh, suggest you do AOB first. Mine's a bit rubbish. Okay. Um, my a AOB was something noticeable that I've seen at Thruxton this weekend. Noticed it slightly at the previous Thruxton round as well. Um, bonnet catches. Yes, I've done some research. Notably on the Subaru, but also on the Vauxhall. Well, I've done some research on the Subaru. Oh, yes. The pins yes. are much further back on the Subaru. Oh, really? We're talking a good number of centimetres further back yep. up the bonnet. Mm. They don't have many, I don't think they have any actually down the front. No. It's all at the back. So down the front, it's getting to the 120, well, for, for certain, the 65 mile an hour. But <laughs> you know, uh, the wind's catching the front, but there's no clip at the front to keep it down. Mm. The Astros, I'm not so sure about. Uh, I'll have a good look at those and I'll go to Silverstone and see if I can work out what that is. Oh, I'm wondering whether this is causing some of the issues that the Subaru is having in a straight line yeah maybe. because when you've got that flicking up pulling or making turbulent air across the car you're going to have increased drag which is going to slow you down did you notice in one of the races Proctor had red tape across the front of his to try and keep it down did he yeah yeah I think Subaru probably are aware of the problem I mean it can't be 
that much difficult to put an extra pin in the front, can it? No, I mean, even if you just gaffer tape it down for each race. Yeah, but it's not the best solution. No, it's Sticking not. A pin in the front. But with the amount of contact that Sutton seems to have at the moment, yeah. um, I'm not sure a pin will quite hold it. But no, I think you're right. I think that um, it can't be helping the problems that the Subarus are experiencing. Mm. It was odd to see the Astros flapping around us so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll have a look at them, um, those when I go to school. Because so. I, I think both of those cars are probably the slowest in the speed trap, barring the MGs. Well, I don't know. I think we're doing a disservice to the Astros there. I think yeah. they're quicker than yeah. I think they're quicker than Ingram. I think they're probably quicker. Really? Than, yeah, in the speed trap, I think they are. They're quicker than the Mercedes, I'd argue. Quicker mm. than the Team Har cars. Quicker than the Audis. I think that's. I think at the start of the season, maybe, but I think they've mm. they've come on leaps and bounds in that car, and the players stuck on the front row for God's sake. Oh yeah. So I don't think they're that slow in the straight line. Big balls. Also, but we also saw at Snetterton with the longest straight on the calendar. No one was driving past Plato. No, no. No true. one was driving past Collard in the way that we've seen people drive past, past Sutton this yeah. weekend. So I don't think they're that slow. Yeah. Not want to fall out of you or anything. You're, <laughs> you're off. <laughs> Thanks. It's all right. Go on then. What's yours? Um, I'm going to do a bit of predictor season. Um, because it's mindless and it's fun in a way. Camish yep. is going to win the championship. Ooh, okay. He's State now, your case. He's now going to go on a plethora of wins. Plethora? Yes. Lovely word. He's going to not win at Knockhill. Mm. He's going to win one at Silverstone and he's going to win two at Brands Hatch. Well, the opening two. Opening two at Brands Hatch. Okay. And I think that Turkerton will not get another podium this year. That's a fairly big statement. It's a is a fairly big statement, but I think the rest of the field is now so much stronger. Yeah. I think we're going to three circuits that do not suit the BMW. Yeah. As I said, the BMW doesn't go well in the rain. We're going into the rainy season of the uh, <laughs> of England. We're also going to Knock Hill, where it is just constant rain. I'm not hoping for rain at Brands, by the way, because we are camping. Yeah, I'm hoping for a nice, warm, pleasant <laughs> autumn day, but yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, I don't see the BMW doing well at Knockhill. Not that shape. Okay. The one series is well there because it was a slippery hatch. Slippery hatches do well at Brands Hatch. What does Dan Camish drive? A slippery hatch. I I don't see him going well at Silverstone. Silverstone is similar to Thruxton. Yeah. And Brands, Cam is the man of Brands. I think that Turkton isn't particularly strong at Brands. We saw last year he struggled at Brands when the pressure was on. Um, Jordan won't do him any favours whatsoever because he he's probably, this is last season, he wants the championship. Yeah. That could play into um, Cambridge's hands. Do you think it will go down to the last race? No. Okay. I think it will be one on race two at Brands. Okay. Which is why I think that then Sam Osborne will win, win or Rob Swift will win the uh, <laughs> final race because no one else cares at this point. No. I, I do think Cameron's going to win. I think he's hitting form at the right time. I think that car's gone up a level. Mm. I think the turn up of the engine has helped massively. Yep. Um, I just I, He qualifies so well as well. I think that's going to be absolutely key towards the end of the season now. Is if he can keep you know, sort of 12 places in qualifying between him and Turkington. As long as the UASA can run with the weight consistently, yeah, I think that would be the the main issue. But it for has the done Hondas. all season. All season, Camus has finished the first race well and finished the second race. How many times has he taken a double podium? Yes, but I, th- I think it's still a fairly large margin. Yes, we've got nine nine races left, and he needs to make up what thirty four points. Yes. 
it's still going to be a tough ask. It's not over. Turkington is was the king of consistency last season, which is why it won him the championship. Yeah. Um, and yes, he's had a much better season this season for wins, but I I still think he's got a couple of wins in him. Which we'll see. Mm, I'm not going to bicker any longer. But um, how many points do you think the spread is going to be between those top four? Top four, quite large. I I think Cook is going to struggle at. Uh, both Silverstone and also Knock Hill. Okay. Uh, I think the top three may end up finishing about 15 points apart. Okay. I also quite fancy a massive meltdown between Jordan and Turkey when they take each other off. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and also, in final predictor news, mm-hmm. next year, oh. Team Hard, I fancy Max Coates to have a drive there. Yes, quite possibly. Um, I think there's three drivers at risk at hard, yep. which are Bordley, Goff, and unfortunately Crease. Yep. I think Bobby Thomas is the only safe one there. Yep. And it would be beyond the realms of possibility for Coates to be given a seat, considering how good he's been in the Clios. Mm. Uh, he's a very good racer. And obviously he's been in the Clios for a couple of seasons now, and unfortunately they are being discontinued. Um, he's too so good a driver he, not to have a competition to race in. He will be looking for a drive. I also predict that we may see quite a few British touring car drivers go into minis next year. You reckon? I reckon they'll be cheaper to run and more fun. I'm not saying. Okay. I think we'll see one big name will go, I did not see that coming. For example, yep. a, a Matt Neal going into the minis going, What? Oh, <laughs> um, well, his his sons run in the minis as well, don't yeah. they? Yeah. So. I tell you who I'm going to put an outside chance of going in the minis next year Adam Morgan. I could love it in a mini. Okay. Anyway, but I think we'll see quite a few going to the minis next year. Quite a few old faces come back to the minis. Yep. Um, and last bit of question I was going to ask you: Do you think, considering Thruxton two was much better than number one, mm-hmm. but I'm still not down for two Thruxton visits? Yep. Do you think we'll ever see Cadwell Park added to the list of touring car venues? No. And there, there is a, a firm reason for that. Please tell me. The corkscrew is far too tight for a touring car. Um, we we would be more likely to see Anglesey which has been discussed before um, and I would also love us to go back to Mondello Park Northern Ireland yeah yeah, I'd quite like to go back there because um, I think that would even be worth the trip over for a weekend yeah I think so I think so uh, yeah I just I just worry that we've only got a, a small handful of tracks now um, and if you mm. get into Thruxton twice a year I mean we covered this a bit in the first Thruxton if you go there twice you're getting a bit desperate if you ask me to where to go we've already run Brands twice albeit separate we're going to run Silverstone twice next year yep. I'd rather not see repeats I'd rather see um, no well next year we are we are looking forward to no complete repeats we are seeing different circuit layouts yeah um, which, which I think is good yeah we, from, from selfish point of view Silverstone's close so we could probably get to both Yeah. as well as potentially both Brands and Snets and, yep. and Dorrington if we really wanted to <laughs> Half the season Which rounds are we not going to? <laughs> Croft's too far away. Croft, not kill. Old Park. Yeah. And I can't bother to go to Thruxton. You couldn't pay me to go to Thruxton. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that Thruxton weekend has been rounded up fairly succinctly, I would like to hope. Um, and as we've said before, round is off to Knock Hill next. Yep. You reckon it's going to rain? I don't reckon. I know it's going to rain. <laughs> has it ever been a dry weekend in Knock Hill? Um, you never know. You oh, never know with Scotland. Last big shout for the minis. Oh, yeah. Gordon Shedden. Okay. 
Well, we'll get back to you with the review roundup from Knockhill next time out. Um, and remember to like, subscribe, and comment. Goodbye. Goodbye. Remember to subscribe, follow, and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 